Welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two yeah. sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting, but we like to have fun, keep things loose, a lot to get to today. As always, another action jam-packed weekend. But of course, as always, first shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror, our intro-outro music. Find them on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream our podcasts like Spotify, Apple, Google. You'll find our boys, friends of the program, and friends of ours. Evan, like I noted, jam-packed weekend. It's a beautiful thing of this time of the year. We say it every week. Uh, Good NFL slate, good college football slate, and the World Series. Well, not the particular way we wanted to celebrate this Monday, but at least it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, um, we'll we'll get to that a little bit more in a second. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's literally like you you wake up and there's sports, you know, and that's 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 a a beautiful thing. Catch me, catch me tuned in for the ATP tennis world qualifiers this morning in Australia. Yeah, I mean, hey, if that's uh, if that's you know, I always tell people chase your bliss, and if that's your bliss, then. Uh, then, then tune in. You know, for me, it's like, I like I said, when I, you know, you you wake up, you know, midweek or the weekend right now in soccer, and there's there's games on in the morning. In college football, it seems like they play every night of the week now, so there's always a college football game, and then you've got NFL games, you know, three day three nights a week as well. So it's uh, and you know, the World Series being what it is is just the cherry on top. So. It's it really is just constant right now, um, and you know we're not even throwing NBA into the mix, which you know continues to uh, to have some fun developments. Uh, shout out to the Knicks and the Bulls, um, but but yeah, man, just just crazy stuff. It's like almost like emotional onslaught. You know when you care about too much, when you care about sports too much, like we do, you know it it you know you want it all to be good. Right. But that's not how it works. So instead, you're just getting a lot of, you know, conflicting emotions. You know what I mean? Like, I'm oh, 100%. Thankful, I'm actually thankful Alabama didn't play this past weekend because I'm, <laughs> you know, between everything else that was going on, it was like actually nice to be able to breathe for a second. Um, but, uh, Get, yeah. Keep your keep your emotions in check too. Well, and, and obviously, you know, we've talked about it so much, Evan. It's obviously going to be our first topic here. Uh, since we've last talked, I mean, it was a tied at it was tied up at one one in the World Series, but the Braves go win Game Three and Four as they should in Atlanta, and uh, with good performances from Ian Anderson in Game Three, and um, a big Danby Swanson uh, dinger in Game Four. That was and That's then hilarious. you know. Solaire's uh, Solaire had the game winner in that one. Dan yeah, back, Swanson back tied it. Back. Yeah, back to was... back in a belly to belly, as mm-hmm. uh, John Sterling at the Yankees uh, radio broadcaster says. And yeah, I mean, 
It's uh, it's been that's that's the crazy thing about trying to talk about baseball on this podcast too is that it's like you can't even properly like recap all the moments. I mean, you know, we're not even really gonna be able to get into detail over like Eddie Rosario's insane catch in that game in Game Four too. Yeah, un unfucking real catch too. That was, I mean, that uh, okay. I guess we can't get into it because man, that to me was the like. That was the play of the series if the if the Braves end up winning it all. I mean, one hundred percent. That that's absolutely why we go and talk about it right now because that's just. I mean, it 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 wasn't so much that it saved the run from scoring because the bases were empty, but the last thing you want to do in that late game situation is give the Astros any sort of momentum, any sort of juice. And Altuve put a good ride on that ball, but Rosario comes up with, as you said, the play of the series, um, just an an, an absolute clutch defensive outing from Eddie Rosario. Really, I mean, this entire postseason, it's been the Eddie Rosario show, but it, it, it's really all been focused on the batter's box. But, yeah, I mean, that's why he's a world-class outfielder now, too. Is God damn, that was, it was a fucking thing. Mwah, chef's kiss, thing of beauty. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I mean, when he ran after it, and you know, I mean, it's basically just a last-second stick your glove out and, and hope you make the play, right? And... And damn, he did. Uh, but not to mention, he was literally like in the warning track too. Like that's not an easy adjustment to make when you have to keep your mind occupied, knowing you're about to run into a wall. And God forbid, if Rosario took that run full speed into that wall, he's probably going over the wall because it was at the lower part of that left field fence. So I mean, it's it's definitely a mental thing if if you're not. You know, if, if you have the wall blocked out, maybe you know it's not as big of a deal. But knowing that the wall is creeping up on you and you start touching on some fucking dirt when you know you're in the warning track, yeah, that, that, that could do something to your mind. No question. And, I mean, not to mention, too, that, you know, like you said, he, he is booking it uh, to, to, to make that catch. And, you know, if you miss and you collide with the wall as well, um, you know, I mean, that's probably a triple for Altuve. Yeah. There's also a world in which, you know, if Duval, who was playing center at that point in time, was kind of slow to get over that Altuve even thinks home and then the game's tied. I mean, that's kind of out of this world, but Truist Park is a big ass park. I mean, that outfield is a long, long way. Like, I mean, we kind of saw it last night. There was, you know, when when the the Braves were up like 4-2 uh, in game 5, uh, there was a sack fly at one point. Um, or, and, and I mean, it was, it was a great throw for Mazzario in a spot that you're like, okay, if he could make the throw, this is possibly where he could do it, but it was nowhere close because I mean, you have to, you are deep out there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just tough. And, um, yeah, but I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's baseball and, and really, you know, kind of this, these three games in Atlanta delivered, what we weren't really getting in Houston in those first two games, because the first two games, you know, it's the Braves just absolutely open a can of whoop ass in game one, and then you know the Astros respond in game two, mm -hmm. uh, and then out there in Atlanta, I mean, it's two zero in an intense game in game three. You know, like you said, Ian Anderson uh, uh, pitched a phenomenal game, and then uh, on top of that, you then get you know game four, which was you know. Uh, Low scoring somewhat. I mean, 3-2 is pretty low scoring. But, you know, 3-2, a really exciting game and one that kind of came down to the final innings. And Dansby Swanson, who, you know, hasn't really played. Uh, he's played well, 
but or you know he had played well to that point, but really you know hadn't had his moment of the postseason yet. Hadn't well, now well now he fucking got it. Yeah, he got it. Um, tied it up, and then Solaire just jacks one immediately after, which Solaire right now might be the MVP of the series. It's I think it's either it, it's tough. I I, I it's honestly going to be a hard choice, um, but. But well, if if if, uh, if what's his face Davidson for you guys last night was it Tucker Davidson or whatever his yeah. name is like if he had came in and pitched uh you know the the win and gotten the win in game five yeah that that you know we might have had a little bit of a different uh, little different opinion waking up this morning because it, it felt like you know kind of transitioning I guess into game five though like when I when I saw the storyline of Tucker Davidson taking the mound for the Braves and. Uh, I, I was like, man, this is like an incredible story. Like the dude was in a hotel in Gwinnett. He gets called up and he's like, hey, by the way, like uh, you're going to be our starter game five of the World Series. Like fucking what? You know, obviously with the absence of Charlie Morton. And, uh, you know, I think I think overall Davidson you know, started off really well. I think he, he, the Braves kept him in an inning too long. You know, probably should have went to the bullpen quicker. But that's a that's a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment. Because Davidson, by all means, wasn't really pitching terribly uh, until the game opened up and got tied there. Um, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's 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 one of those things where as a Braves fan, you absolutely have to feel like like. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like you 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 hit a grand slam to to start the game, and you're like, oh wow, we're gonna do it tonight. You're, like, yeah, it, well, instantly like, I saw I saw that instant instantly I'm like, you know, because as a non Braves fan rooting for the Braves, because fuck the Astros, I got thinking to myself, I'm like, well, if I'm in Atlanta, I wanna I'm immediately making my plans to go to the parade tomorrow. Um, I'm partying all night because we just won the World Series in the first inning. But, you know, you can't do that with the Astros, and they showed why. Yeah, and, you know, I think it, it's weird, right? Because it's like, okay, there's a there's a scenario in which you could say, oh, the Braves blew the lead. But, I mean, it was a tied game after two innings. I mean, the, the Strohs were back completely after two innings. And, and, you know, partially that is because, I mean, you know, credit to Tucker Davidson. I mean, that is an insane story, and... And it is, you know, it, it is nuts. But, but I mean, Snicker, Brian Snicker, the Braves manager, I mean, he, he, he threw out the, the, the options, you know, from, from the bullpen and as a starter that weren't the let's go win the World Series tonight options. I mean, you know, you score five runs, that gives you a chance to go win a game when you're not really running out your best talent, you know, arm-wise. But, I mean, Tucker Davidson, I... I mean, Drew Smiley pitched three innings to close out the game, and they were only down by like two or three runs when Drew Smiley came into the game, and he gave up two more runs. Right. I mean, you know, Snicker didn't, you know, approach this as a as a must win, which is very interesting. I mean, it's it, it clearly. I mean, it's the yeah. I think, but it's an elimination game. But I I thought to myself that you have to think that maybe. I don't know how to. I'm, try, I'm trying to find the way, the best way to get into this. Is but it's when you when you lose your ace, right? Because it's supposed to be the Charlie Morton go win your game five game right here. Obviously, you know I think the absence of Charlie Morton really was felt 
in Game 5 with the Braves. No question. So maybe the fact of the matter is is that because you knew you, you didn't have Morton, it was going to have to be a pitch-by-committee night, and you were going to have to maybe – Maybe go squeeze one out. Maybe you thought to yourself, well, let's see what we can do game five because we know that, unfortunately, when this goes back to Houston game six, at least you're going to have Max Freed. Yeah. I mean, Max Freed, and that's, I mean, I, I literally think that was Snickers' logic was that you have Freed and Anderson in game six and game seven. You know that those games are going to have, you know, worst case scenario, those games are being played because um, you got the 3 1. And, and, um, you know, the, the Astros are a team that famously get better against bullpens as series goes along, like they did it against the Red Sox. They did it, uh, you know, uh, a bunch over the past, like, two or three years. Like, yeah. you know, 20, 2020, uh, Yankees fans always think about that series uh, because the Astros initially were cold and then they got really, really hot, which is, you know, probably the concerning thing to a Braves fan, but... But, I mean, Matzik, Jackson, Will Smith didn't pitch last night. So, you and know. And not to mention, too, how many, how much have the Astros seen this Braves bullpen, you know, a, a, a very good amount over the course of these five games. You, you knew at once some point this series the Strohs were going to open it up. And it just happened to be tonight. I mean, when you when you don't have an ace going out there for Atlanta, you knew at one point the Strohs were going to have to break it open with the bats. And because you hadn't really had that since Game 2 with Houston, you know, it, it was kind of just like, a, okay, I guess we were all kind of waiting for this moment. At, at least that's kind of how I felt. No, understandable. And, like, but it's, you know, in a way, like, I bet part of Snickers' logic was, okay, well, if – we know that they improve against the bullpen. We'll go pitch guys that we're not really pitching right now. I mean, that was Chavez hadn't pitched in this series um, after having a lot of work in the DS and the CS. Chavez hadn't pitched in the series, and sure enough, he pitches in this game. I mean, like a, you know, like you said, Tucker Davidson is like what? I mean, Chris Martin had barely pitched in this series. Um, Mentor was the only guy that they really used that you know the the Strohs had seen more than once. Um, and so maybe with that logic, you're thinking, okay, let's go pitch them guys that they haven't seen. But, but yeah, the, the Astros bats were, were, were really good last night. I mean, you know, there was some, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I truly think part of that is just quality of the pitching. I mean, there was, there were just some, you know, non-competitive pitches, uh, in, in key scenarios and, you know, you walk in. You know, I mean, AJ Minter walked in. The, yeah, that that was a I mean, that was a fucking brutal, brutal moment of that game for the Braves. Yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, I think, I think that you know was it, it sucked, but I don't really feel like that Braves team. You know, I don't. So you know, of course, it it, it definitely gets Houston life. But in terms of a momentum shift, I don't necessarily feel like that, and I don't think the Braves feel. No, like that. I mean the the momentum. The it's you know you 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 can maybe say that the that the Stroves come in a little hotter coming back to Houston Game Six, but at the end of the day, they're still playing in an elimination game. You know they're still playing backs against the wall. Braves could come in there. Max Fried could have a, a a great outing, and then we're talking about a much different thing come uh, Thursday on our pot when we record our next podcast. So no, I, I don't 
I don't think this is a, a humongous tie turner, as you were kind of noting with the Braves. You know, I think they're very much still in control and very, very well could do it game six in Houston. Obviously, you want to do it in front of the home crowd. And the sad thing is for the Braves moving forward, Evan, is that you know you guys will no longer get to go against Framber Valdez because goddamn do the Braves love fucking mashing that motherfucker. They also... <laughs> They also liked, uh, you know, at least giving Garcia the the you know the guy who'll probably pitch Game Six, mm-hmm. and is kind of the you know the other Astros really great pitcher. You know, they like giving him a hard time too. I mean, he didn't get absolutely lit up, but I mean, he pitched like eighty pitches in you know three innings the other day when he was uh when or, or four innings when when he got his start the other mm-hmm. day, and, and I'm thinking you know I. I my, that's my thing. You get Max Freed and Ian Anderson. Freed honestly has something to prove because his last two starts in the postseason have not been overly impressive. I was I was uh, just I was just about to say, are you d- d- does his last outings outings plural concern you as a Braves fan? Yeah, it especially sucks since they're on the road. I I mean, you have to start Freed at the beginning of the series, of course, but I really wish Freed had gotten. I almost wish Freed had you know pitched like game five like I almost wish that he had started that and then you try and do like bullpen game six right well you, you know I was, I was also just say just say it Evan you wish Max Freed broke his fibula and not Charlie Martin I mean mm, that's it's tough you know I mean per- perhaps I mean Freed's probably been the lesser of the three pitchers in the past, you know, ten games of the postseason and the Dodgers and in this series, but but I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, Freed when he's at his best, I feel like it's better than Charlie Morton at his best. But Charlie Morton's floor in the postseason is so high. I mean, the dude just doesn't really fuck around. Um, so you know, I wish Freed was pitching at home. I think I you know he he just he needs to look at this as a moment to 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 prove that he is an ace. I mean, because really it hasn't been like that. And that's how, you know, postseason baseball works. I mean, you know, pitchers get hit. You know, it, it, it happens. But, but you know, he, he needs to at least go out there and, you know, put in a really solid shift. I mean, I think, you know, especially since it's in Houston with the DH, you know, you're not going to be looking to pull him for no reason. You know, you don't have to think, oh, well, you get, it's not like Ian Anderson where it's like, oh, well, Ian Anderson gave us five good innings. Time to pull them, you know, because we have, you know, uh, it's the NL, you know, we're in Atlanta and we don't have the DH. I feel like, you know, this, you know, Freed needs to leave it all out there. You know, if that's 100 pitches and that's seven innings, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's ideal, you know. I mean, you really, you really, I mean, the, the dream scenario pitching-wise for the Braves is maybe one or two earned runs, hopefully less, from Freed over the course of seven innings. Yeah, I, I think I think I think if you're getting seven, I think if you honestly get six innings out of Max Freed, then he has done what he's like. If the Braves lose Game Six, I don't think you put that on Freed's shoulders unless something catastrophic happens in that sixth inning. But just assuming he gets right a hundred pitches, take him out one or two earned run after even six innings, I I, I very much will go to. My grave saying that hey the Braves lose Game Six that's not on Max Fried's shoulders something else must have happened. Yeah, I mean, I you know it's it's gonna have to be seen because I mean I can see a scenario where he gives up four or five runs but he's still pitching through the six because the Braves are scoring too early. Um, 
I mean, game six and seven, you know, hopefully it's just the one, just the game six. But, I mean, it's it's fascinating. I mean, going back to, to Minute Maid 2 is, you know, it's it's one of the most unique ballparks, as we kind of mentioned on the last episode. And, and that, you know, the Braves can hit there, the Astros can hit there, obviously. And and it's 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 going to be curious to see, you know, is... Is, you know who who's going to step up for the Braves this time? I mean, they they had you know they've had just about everybody step up at one point or the other. But I'm kind of looking at guys like I'm like yo Ozzy Albies, you know. I mean, Ozzy's great. Like I love Ozzy and his his you know lackluster postseason numbers are fine. You know, it's it's okay. You gotta have somebody's got to be on the low end of the totem pole. But I mean, my man hasn't hit a jack in the postseason, so this is. This is that time. Yeah. He has, he's had one extra base hit, so just, I mean, another one of those would be, you know, it, it's time. Uh, you know, you're kind of looking at Jock Peterson. I mean, Jock hasn't, you know, really done anything. Very, else. very, obviously, he's very quiet in this World Series I mean, so he, far. he's only started two games, so, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's tough. Um, but Victim, yeah, victim of circumstance for sure, but, but we'd love to. Same t- but at the same time, yeah, I mean, he was hitting pinch hit home runs at the, you know, in this in that first, you know, two two series. So, I mean, it's it, you know, you're looking at these guys needing them to step up, step up, and you know, it's it's tough because if you play a series against the Astros and you hold them to two runs in two games, you kind of look at that as like, okay, so we got our two games where we limited the Astros as best as we could. You know, I mean, if the pitching does it again. Then the pitching staff of the Braves deserves, you know, to me, all the credit. I mean, don't get me wrong, clutch bats for sure, clutch bats for sure in game, game three and game four. But, but I mean, it it, it is the the pitching staff if if they go win in a tight, you know, low scoring game on on uh, on Tuesday. I mean, that is right, and, and because I mean, you can't really. I don't. You know, I mean, I kind of think that the Braves need to approach that game in Houston as we need to go score six. You know, that's kind of, to me, you know, I mean, they scored. I kind of said the same thing last night. I was like, if they score five or six, I think the Braves will do it. But, I mean, obviously the Astros kind of woke up and, had, like you said, had their backs against the wall and they, they performed in that scenario. So, um, yeah, man, it's uh, – it's it's going to be it's going to you know absolutely murder me having to watch it tomorrow night and hopefully I don't have to watch anything Wednesday night but but as as the audience can clearly tell I have a lot to say and part 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 of that is just because I'm trying to you know get it out I'm trying to tweet through it right now yeah understandable I will say though that uh, my last thing I wanted to bring up with this is that I know they lost last night but let me tell you. Freddie Freeman home runs could cure seasonal depression. I fucking, I fucking love you, Freddie Freeman. Dude, that was a fucking jack. When Freddie hit that, I was like, oh, okay, we're actually still going to do it. Like, you know, at 4-4, I was like, okay, so we need to look at it like the game's reset. But really, if we're being honest, you know, the Strohs are probably going to go score two or three more runs. We need to, you know, go score ourselves and... And I thought Freddie may have, you know, it was a two-out home run, so it's, you know, it is what it is. But I thought hopefully something was getting kick-started, but he magnificently worked that count to three-two. And if you're, it's, it's so like he is one of those guys that there's, you know, there's ten, there's maybe a player on every team 
maybe a player on every other team in terms of frequency of the MLB. But he's a guy that he if he works a pitcher into account where they have to throw a pitch, like they have to throw a strike, they have to try and put the ball over the center of the plate, it is so that's that's what baseball's all about because you almost know that Freddie's going to do that. I mean, that was almost like when he got the three two, I literally said to myself, I was like, they better walk him here. I mean, if they if they throw a pitch in the zone, I feel like Freddie's gonna do something with it. And sure enough, I mean he just absolutely mashed it. Um so that was yeah, that was a beautiful sight, to say the least. Um, hopefully he does it again in Game 6. That's what I'm hoping, too. And like you said, I hope that we don't have to watch a baseball game Wednesday night, so here's the Braves winning Game 6. Hoorah, go Braves. Uh, Evan, let's transition. Let's talk a little football, shall we, before we have to uh, go to the cash grab here. Might have to split this up. But uh, obviously, good good NFL slate here on Week 8. We'll talk about our pickums uh, results in a second here, but you know, speaking of flashing back, since we've already kind of gone back, recapped from earlier in the week from baseball, start first game. Let's let, let's toss back to Thursday night real quick. We have to talk about the fact that the Green Bay Packers have defeated the Arizona Cardinals on the road, which means the Cardinals are no longer undefeated, which means the NFL no longer has an undefeated team. Evan, is this going to be one of those seasons? where the Green Bay Packers have, like, the best record in the NFC, and then we get to see them blow it to the Bucks in the NFC Championship again? Are, are, are we getting set up for this goddamn ritual every year? Yeah, I, uh, I, I think we may be, but my, the, the thing pushing me to say that this year is different for the Packers is that the narrative, baby. The narrative. Yeah, the, 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 Aaron, the possible Aaron Rodgers farewell season. Yeah, man. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe he's, you know, that's the story, the storybook ending that, you know, Packers fans would love. I don't think Rodgers, I think Rodgers wants that to happen. You know, obviously, I don't think Rodgers is going to, uh, you know, be depressed if the Packers don't win the Super Bowl this year. I think, you know, it's clear what you know his personality is at this point, and he's obviously not in love with Green Bay anymore, and it is what it is, but. But yeah, I think I think that could be a difference maker. But but it would also be like you said, so on brand for the Packers to go rack up, you know, 14 wins in the in the regular season just to fall out in the divisional or the or the championship because I mean, the fact of the matter is is that the NFC's fucking hard. I mean, you know, if you do play the Cardinals again, you know, I mean, that was a close game. That was a that was a for relatively sure. close game on Thursday and you know, there's a lot of scenarios in which, you know, the Cardinals could have won that. In fact, I mean, you can kind of say that the Cardinals, you know, kind of blew some chances. In the oh, I mean, right, right at the very end. I mean, you know, Kyler Murray, then they're knocking on the door for a touchdown to win the game, but Murray throws an interception, which, which I will say, for those who haven't seen that highlight, I, you cannot put that on Kyler Murray. A.J. Green yeah. was uh, was definitely not aware of what fucking AJ Green, play. A.J. Green was retired, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, playing in the NFL but um and and so yeah I mean it was that was a, a rough look but that's why you know in the same vein I wouldn't be worried as a Cardinals fan I mean it no. was like uh well shit you lose NFL games sometimes yeah um but 
But so, I mean, it's the Cardinals, it's the Bucks, you know, are the Cowboys real, real? I don't know. Right. I don't think so. But, but here's the thing, too. The Packers, the Packers are, I just looked at their, their streak, and you forget that because, you know, it's been so long since that week one blowout loss to the Saints. They're fucking winners of their last seven, man. Seven and one. They're fucking the hottest team in the NFL. You know, like, holy no shit. And uh, they've they've won a lot of those games. You know that was a tighter game on on Thursday, but they've won a lot of those games by a considerable margin too. So I mean, yeah, they're they're steamrolling right now. Um, they're getting fat while they're playing. You know, uh, teams that they should be, and then you know to go get a close win against a you know a top NFC contender like the Cardinals. That's just you know that's just money. So. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think they definitely have a good enough offense, of course. I mean, you know, Aaron Jones still looks like Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams is hurt, and they're still. I mean, yeah, he I'm didn't s- have any of his three top three receivers on, on Thursday, and, and the Packers won. So, you know, I mean, that's just another testament to Rodgers and what he adds, what he does as a quarterback. And, um, yeah, man, it's. I really, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I definitely think the Packers are very good. I mean, they're definitely very good, but are it's, they different? Yeah, um, and and it, yeah. it is so to be seen because not only do the Packers feel different, though, this year, this is one of those years, too, where the NFC, as you mentioned, is such a toss-up. I mean, you, you mentioned all the teams there. They're, they're such a good, there's going to be such a good fight for the top one, two, and maybe even three seeds in this NFC. You know, it's yeah. it's it's going to be a really really tight race this second half of the season. Oh yeah, I mean it, and it's it feels like we're just getting started. So, um, it's uh it's, and I mean the AFC is also wide open in its own way. It's just kind of like a, I don't know. I feel like the power level between the NFC and the AFC is pretty. Uh, discernible right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's definitely dropped off, and I guess that's the best way to segue that is to talk about the current leader of the AFC, which, you know, we're both not going to be happy about, Evan, but that's the goddamn Tennessee Titans with a 34-31 OT win over the Colts. Tennessee finding ways to win these close games. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though, right, is that Tennessee's top team in the AFC record-wise or you know, uh, them and I think the Ravens technically have a very similar... Yeah, Ra- Ra- uh, Ra- Raiders, Ravens, excuse me. Raiders, Ravens, Titans, is that what it is right now? Uh, yep, oh. Raiders, Ravens, it's Raiders, or I'm sorry, Titans, Raiders, Ravens, Bills. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is that, you know, if, if you did top three NFC teams, Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, if we just went, you know, just like picking, you know, you can debate which which order they're in or if anybody else should be in that mix, Cowboys. But if you just do those three teams and you compare them to the Raiders, the Ravens, and the Titans, I mean, you would kind of think that all three of those NFC teams are better than all three of those AFC teams. I mean, other than maybe the Ravens. Because the Titans are 6-2, and two, and yeah, they're winning games, which is, you know, at the, you know, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. But, I mean, they're winning a lot of tight games against teams that aren't very good. I mean, they barely beat the Seahawks, you know, which I know they had Russell Wilson. But, you know, again, that's a, you know, now a 3-5 and five Seahawks team. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, you have barely beat the Colts, who, you know, aren't an uncompetitive team, but obviously not great, you know, based, based on, you know, their performances this year. So, 
you know, it, it's the Titans are definitely a team you don't really want to play in a close game. Like they they have a knack for getting things done. Um, and and I wouldn't be shocked at all if they make the AFC Championship again this year. But I uh, I don't know. I'm not like fully blown away by them. It's just, I'm not. It's no, just, I, I'm still really not either. And I think that's because partly I'm still salty about you know three weeks ago when they beat the Bills. But the, really, when you look at their schedule, you were bringing it up. The Bills are the only really marquee win they have this season. I mean, you could say the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have been spiraling. I mean, the the Chiefs were in their downward spiral when they beat them. You know, so I don't, I can't even give them credit for that one. In their other really significant game this year was the opener against the Cardinals. They got their shit rocked, right? And yeah. then they, they're a team that's lost to the Jets. So, you know, yeah. it's, uh, jury, jury is very much still out there. Uh, Evan, speaking of teams that lost to the fucking Jets, Cincinnati, what is you doing, bro? What is you yeah, doing? I mean- they got screwed. I mean, one, okay, so it's, it's a two-sided coin. One, don't let the Jets be in the game. Like, don't let the, why are the Jets, you know, leading at the end of the game? Like, what what is going on? Um, but there was a pretty, like, abysmal uh, call at the end of the game that gave the uh, the Jets an automatic first down. Um, at, the, at the least, it was controversial. I think it sucked. A lot of people think it sucked. But it gave the Jets an automatic first down and allowed them to keep running the clock out, whereas the Bengals were just about to get the ball back and could have given themselves a chance to go down the field and you know, potentially score the game-winning touchdown, at the very least tie it up. Um, but again, you know, how do you let the Jets be that close to you if you're you know, a team like the Bengals who, you know, on a 5-2 and two start, you're now thinking, let's go... Let let's go win the you know let's let's go win twelve games right um, but you know I mean that's that's also the NFL the NFL is is so beautiful uh, because of that parity of the fact that anybody does you know any given Sunday to get cliche to quote the movie you know? yeah but well and yeah. also the NFL just fucking gifts storylines like future MVP candidate this season, Mike White, you know, like who would have, who would have thought like that, that is the most Jets storyline really is that like the backup quarterback, this just guy, the guy from the Key and Peele skit who went to BYU, right? Like it's just the most, most absurdly average, normal name, average looking guy comes in and has a 400 plus yard game and with three touchdowns, you know, like that's that to, to credit your note of what you just said, that is the NFL to a T. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's it's nuts that the Jets two wins a season are over the Titans and the Bengals. I mean that's uh, that's an especially fun thing, I guess. If, if, um, if the NFL was judged on RPI rating, the Jets would be top five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think too that you know it's it's if you're a Jets fan, you I mean you you knew that this season was all for naught, whatever. Um, and that even if Zach Wilson did well, you probably weren't, you know, even a playoff contender in any way. But, you know, at, at least with Salah, with, with Robert Salah as your head coach, you can say, okay, well, this dude will go beat good teams. I mean, that's the – and and that's, I mean, really, I feel like even in the Jets' most recent good years, which is, I mean, you know, feels like almost a decade ago now, they were a good team that wouldn't beat other good teams. If you're a mediocre or bad team that can beat good teams, once you get good, that's you know an, an encouraging sign. So definitely reason for optimism, I guess, in New York with them. 
Um, and yeah, Mike White throws in a kind of a monkey wrench in terms of what what I mean. You know, I mean, Zach Wilson's a starter. There's no question about that, and he he's going to be the starter for the next two years, no mm-hmm. matter what happens. I mean, you know, even if he keeps throwing a ton ton of picks at the through the the, the end of this year, that's how it works. But I mean, Mike White is. I mean, definitely making a you know making it interesting. I mean, if he plays again next weekend and then goes and balls out again, I mean, it's like yeah, we oh, might be might, may, maybe start to have that little bit of a different conversation for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any like I said. I mean, you can't take a guy second and then like you know sit him for another kind of you know unproven quarterback. But uh, if he's healthy, but I mean, it's uh, it's definitely. It's definitely, you know, may, like you said, uh, you know, making making it interesting. Sorry, I kind of had a brain fart because I uh, I forgot that I existed. Um, <laughs> but but uh, but yeah. So uh, Jets, weirdly enough, more interesting right now than we thought they were. I mean, they're still not a competitive team, really. But you know, are are an interesting team in a weird way. Yeah, they're not. Um, I mean, it, it just shows there, there's at least some sort of a life in in New York, right? Or I should say New Jersey, you know. But they're, in the Jets organization, at least, you know, there is like a pulse. There is something going around. The mood is different. The mood is definitely different. Yeah, and I'm jealous as fuck of them being alive because, you know, you know we have to go to the cash grab. But one thing I will say real quick, mm-hmm. the Jaguars fucking suck. Yeah, they do. They yeah, uh, they do. I can't even I can't even be a supporter. We're not friend. even gonna talk about it, but I just want to say that I I mean, man, they are a bad, unprofessional football team. I'm not even willing to give them the title of professional football team. Um, and and if if that's what they are, I don't know what that says about the Dolphins, but but uh, yeah, I was very very pissed watching the Jags lose to the Seahawks in embarrassing fashion. Um, and I need money to pay for my therapy, um, that I now have to book four hours a day of, yep. uh, just to smile again. Yeah. So, and I, and I need money for the beard that I'm going to consume when we get to watch the bills thump the Jags in person next Sunday. So can't wait for that. Uh, so he, you heard Evan say it, we're going to go to the cash grab when we come back. We've got a couple more NFL games to wrap up. Then we're talking some college football to put a ribbon on this bad boy. Stay tuned. Down and Out returns right after this. Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out resumes with more NFL. Going to the Chargers, 
home against New England. And guess what, folks? In a storyline you probably didn't think was going to happen on a Monday here, we're talking about the 4-4 four and four New England Patriots who have an undefeated road record. The goddamn road warriors. I hate when the Patriots are doing good because it's just not good for the NFL. It's not good for anybody's health. But they pull out the three-point win against the Chargers. The question I'll post to you on this one, Evan, is what's the bigger takeaway from this game? The Chargers' woes on offense, not being able to get it done, or, oh my God, the Patriots might sneak in and become a wildcard team and shit, you know, maybe be a, a frisky foe for the Bills in the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, they, they, yeah, it's, it, they have life. I mean, that is the kind of win that you have to go get just to, you know, uh, kind of keep it going. I mean, if you're three and five and you're the Patriots, you're like, well, this is expected, but this is probably, you know, unless we somehow rattle off four or five wins in a row, you know, it's, it's, it's probably not going to be us this year, even in a wild card, you know, situation. Um, and dude, I mean, they, uh, they, they go do it and, you know, all credit to them. I'm not trying to take away from Mac. I'm not trying to take away from anybody on that Patriots roster, but Man, Justin Herbert with the back-breaking kind of game-losing pick six towards the end there. Um, that was it's kind of the difference maker. I mean, it still was three, you know, a three-point game, and you know there was they still kind of had a chance. But I mean, to to throw a, a fourth-quarter pick six that's unlike Herbert. You know, I mean, he Herbert does have a pick in him. He definitely will make a mistake or two. Um, but generally speaking, you know, that dude is throwing. You know. Uh, touchdowns at all phases of the game, not you know, kind of collapsing on the back end and right. And uh, it's 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 a tough look. And you know, now I mean, the it, it's it's kind of a two way street too, where the Patriots are alive and the Chargers are obviously alive, but the Chargers are now four and three. I mean, this is a team that you know, with the way some of their wins have looked. You I think that's but like because that's why I'm like three weeks ago, Evan. I swear to God, we were like, "Yo, the Chargers are like the best team in the AFC with the Bills." You know, we were having much different conversations just like two, three weeks ago. I think their defense isn't super real, which is part of the issue. Um, I think it's good, but it's not like locked down by any means. Um, so you have to, you you know, I mean, I think that's kind of what we're realizing. And then also, as good as. Herbert has been, yeah, man, he's, he makes mistakes, and, and if you, you know, if you make mistakes at that, at at the end of the game, it doesn't matter, you know, how many yards you throw, it doesn't matter, you know, how many touchdowns you throw, if, if you make, you know, that kind of error late, I mean, you know, just about anybody can beat you, and that's what the Chargers have to figure out right now, I mean, the Chargers have to, to, to kind of, you know, answer those questions of, how good are we really? Are we just a wild card team, or do we have aspirations of winning the AFC West? Right. I mean, and you talk about piling on mistakes. The one team in the NFL, regardless of what their talent, what their record is, you don't want to do it to the Patriots because Bill Belichick will find a way to make you pay for all your mistakes. It, it, it doesn't matter, like I said, what the talent level the Patriots are. I, I, I don't want to give the Patriots too much credit to this because I don't think they're by far – in a way, not even close to being a complete football team that could contend for you know anything close to a, an AFC title, let alone a Super Bowl. But 
they definitely still are a Bill Belichick coach team. And, you know, the, the Kevin Staley versus Belichick matchup, you know, point one and on the scoreboard goes to Belichick. He 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 got the best of uh best of the Chargers and again you just you can't you can't play like that against him you know he he's going to make you pay every single time. Yeah, I mean that's part of the fun too is that it was a, a kind of a Belichick special. Um, and uh, well, define define fun. I don't know. You know, like. Well, yeah, fair. Uh, I mean, I don't <laughs> know. I look at the Patriots with such a different light now. I, I mean, I, I totally get that because you're, you know, you being a Bills fan, there's no reason why you would feel any differently. But you, uh, you, but I, 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 you don't want to have a bad week against them. I mean, they're very much proving you definitely do not want to. I mean, they're, they're, they have four wins for a reason. They're sitting 500 and 3-0 and on the road. You do not want to have a bad week and do not play your uh, 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 anything less than your A game against the Patriots. It's nuts that they are undefeated on the road. I mean, it is, it is crazy that they just, I mean... SoFi is not, you know, it's the Chargers, and SoFi it's not, you know, the the most rocking atmosphere or what have you. But I mean, still to to go all the way across the country and and win that was was certainly impressive. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, both teams kind of have to figure out what what comes next. I mean, for the Chargers, the the season's not going to get any easier because you still are going to have to go play the Chiefs again. You got to play the Raiders. You got to play. You know, all, you got to play these good individual opponents, and I think they've got you know a couple out of division games left that are pretty enticing as well. Whereas with the Patriots, it's like you know you know you can go beat the Jets, you know you can go beat the Dolphins, and you know the Bills are kind of probably one that you're kind of like that that second Bills game. You're probably like whatever. Like if we lose that, that's that's to be expected. But mm-hmm. but now the Patriots are you know I mean. Like I said, that was a kind of a unlock, you know, a a, a, a you know a, a lock breaking uh, like win because now it's okay. We don't have to do something insane. We just need to try and keep pace because if the Patriots can get to like the last five games of the season and they're like six and six still, I mean, you know, you'll you'll be around. I mean, it'll still be they'll be in the race. I don't think that the AFC wild card, the last AFC wild card spot is going to be out of reach by any means if you're at 500 with three or four games to play. Um, and, and they're kind of just, they're eking along right now, picking up wins when they can, you know, dropping some games that you're like, ah, but that's kind of what you expect with a young kind of reloading team. But that's what's crazy. I mean, if this is what if this is what the Patriots look like in the first, you know, real year of a rebuild, because I don't necessarily count last year, um, because they were, you know, they were kind of trying to, to just move on real quick with Cam Newton, and it right. did, you know, the Cam Newton experiment didn't play out. Now that they're in the proper first year of a rebuild, to be four and four, I mean, that is literally as good as it gets. So, uh, you know, it is fuck Bill Belichick forever. But at the same time, I'm watching the Bill Belichick show because I'm interested in the programming. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely there too, and they're they're a frisky team, and you know, in that same spawn, I guess we you know we talk about the former quarterback of the the New England Patriots, who's now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, seven time Super Bowl winning Tom Brady, as good as he is, Evan. I'll tell you what, he does not like Louisiana. He does not. The state of Louisiana is not good to Tom Brady because the goddamn Saints are on the road are his kryptonite. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to play the Super Nintendo, man. I mean, it is one. Now, thing I do. did you see? I don't know if you got to see any videos of that that atmosphere rocking yesterday. Yeah, I that mean, was fucking is, live. I, I I personally, I mean, I know you 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 obviously, and you should say that the Bills have you know arguably the loudest, craziest atmosphere in the NFL or what have you, but. In an indoor dome where that 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 sound just kind of reverberates, it doesn't have anywhere to go. Yeah, it's you know it's. It, I'll, I'll admit it's different for sure. You know, if the Bills had an indoor facility, I think yo know, we could be having a much easier comparison. But yeah, I, I'm not gonna take anything away from the Saints' atmosphere. It's fucking metro booming in that bitch. And they 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 kind of are a team that unless they're just like a two win team that season, they are a team that's going to show out like they. That fan base doesn't really turn down for anything. So, so yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised it was rocking, and I wasn't surprised it was close. I was surprised that Brady, you know, kind of imploded in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, just really didn't, I mean, you know, press, throws the pick, you know, the Saints go score. I mean, Saints take it back to the house. I mean, it's just, that was, you know, I mean, not something you expect with Brady, but, but like you said, I think it's just kind of a, a – a bogey right now that's what the saints are for for him and especially when they're playing in new orleans and you know i it's another thing where it's like you know of course talking heads and stuff will will try and use this as a oh is are the bucks actually not that good or is brady not that good or you know whatever but um you know the 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 truth is is that you know i mean it i i feel like this is perfectly on script you know of the movie that is the tom brady movie this is you know just another like okay here's just a a loss you know that doesn't really matter right but one that clearly pisses tom off and now they're gonna go win six games in a row i mean that's just that feels like what comes next yeah, it always does, and that's the thing I'm most fearful of if you're in the NFC or you're just a team that's currently on the next six to eight game stretch going against the Bucks. because Tom Brady with a chip on his shoulder is, is something that you don't want to go up against. Um, I, I just want to also make the note, too, that while it is a short-lived thing because, as we both just kind of agreed here, Evan, I think the Bucks respond very, very well uh, in the coming weeks. I want to enjoy and just soak in the fact that Trevor Simeon beat Tom Brady, and that feels really, really good. I it just it's, it's the small thing. It's the little victories in life that make you feel good. So, um, did you also see the video of Jameis celebrating on the crutches after the game too? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, that, vintage, no fucking question. great video. I, uh, I, I, man, I, if I'm a if I'm a Saints fan, I'm laughing and having fun. I don't care. But but at the same time, I'm just like, man, what are we what are we doing? Like, are we? Yeah, I, it, I, it, it, it did seem a little weird about you're celebrating with a smoke machine so heavily after a regular season win over the Bucks. But hey, you know, I guess you have to go out and celebrate. But I will say though, I did. Uh, I forgot. I don't know if it was Rappaport or Schefter. Somebody put out a, uh, some sort of tweet or a, a, an article this morning that the Bucks might be without Jameis for a while. That that injury could actually be a little bit more significant than they initially thought. And obviously, you know, you still um, you're still missing Taysom, 
uh, Taysom Hill, and you're uh, you know you're gonna move forward with Trevor Simeon, which you know lightning in a bottle. It worked against the Bucks, but I mean if you're the Saints sitting five and two right now, you're very much in, in, in an NFC South that you know you can go and play toe to toe with with the Buccaneers that you're gonna need to win games to be able to keep up with the Bucks moving forward. Uh, I, I, I'm not particularly too confident in Trevor Simeon's long-term ability. I don't know when you get Taysom back, and I don't know what the, the long-term diagnosis for Jameis is, but uh, I guess soak it in now, New Orleans fans, because you could be having a little bit of rough sailing moving forward. And it's, uh, it, 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 In terms of keeping pace with the Bucks. Trevor Simeons is not is not going to be the guy that's going to keep you in that NFC South title conversation for sure. No, that's that's no question. Um, I think really, if you're a Saints fan at this point, your approach is let's go 500 over the next like five, like six weeks. You know, like they've got the Falcons, the Titans, the Eagles, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Jets in their next six games. Um, go beat the Falcons. Go beat the Eagles. Go beat the Saints, or go beat the Jets. And if you lose to the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Titans, you go, okay, those are good teams. You know, you're still sitting. You're, you know, you're still sitting at, in that case, eight and five. You're, you're fine. You know, I don't. You know, that that's probably not going to be enough to win the NFC South, of course. But you're probably, but you're, you're, but you're, you're, you're on the on the great in the hunt graphic. You're most definitely in that, if not in the wild card spot. You're leading. You're probably leading the wild card, if not, you know, cl- if if you're not leading the wild card, it's like because you know just barely. Yeah, um, actually, no, that's a good point too. Because when I'm looking at the NFC standings, you know, you have. The, the Cardinals ramp, the West is going to take up a spot there, as we've talked about, right? Because you have the Cardinals Rams going back and forth for either the division lead or a wild card spot. But then you have the Packers in the North, the Cowboys in the East, the Bucks in the South, and really it's the Saints there in that last spot controlling their own destiny for the wild card. Um, you know, because the next team behind that is Carolina, Minnesota, San Francisco. So, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think if you can squeak out 500 over your next six games, you're going to still be in a really good position in the back half of your season. You have to go make sure you win your division games. You know, you might split against the Bucks, but go win your division games, and you're, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Dom, we have some breaking news. Oh, breaking news. Well, uh, Derek Henry is getting an MRI, <gasps> and it's seeing if he has a Jones fracture, which if he does, he will be out for the season. Oh my God! Oh my God! Wait, why is why is Re- this is a problem? Why is Rex Ryan the first person I'm seeing talking of this? Is not good. This is not good. I don't want to see. Okay, good. There it is. Now I'm off. The first article that popped up when I oh no he's back. No, why did they give Rex Ryan the first Rex take Ryan, on why this? Why are you doing? Why did Rex Ryan get the first take on that? Wow, holy fuck, dude. So, yeah. Imagine that for fantasy owners. I mean, I don't have Derrick Henry on my team, but oh goddamn. Yeah. Uh, definitely going to be a... Uh, that was fun while it lasted, Tennessee. <laughs> probably know more by this afternoon evening, and yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that Tennessee's still going to win the ASC South. They're just going to get wrecked if they don't have... I mean, who knows? Maybe they go win a playoff game, but yeah, they're just obviously not anywhere close to the same team without Derrick Henry, so... Wow. Um, yeah, man. Tough times in Nashville. Goddamn. I mean, even when you win, you lose, I guess. But Yeah, for sure. But, uh, um... 
Evan, let's let's go wrap up this NFL thing because we have to, you know, still get into college football before we wrap this show up. Uh, Cowboys Vikings, our Sunday night game, uh, tight game back and forth, but Cooper Rush coming in for Dak Prescott tonight, getting the job done, two touchdowns, three twenty-five. Mari Cooper, fucking good to see him uh, having a good game as well. I'm a, I've always been a big Amari guy, uh, so okay. happy happy to see him do well. Twenty to six team. You know, the Cowboys, we said, are not a bad team. So I definitely will give the Cowboys credit for this win. And here they are sitting six and fucking one, man. Uh, if, if you're a Dallas hater, I can understand your resentment. You know, because I'm a Patriots hater. But Cowboys are good, folks. Uh, they're, they're a very good football team. Yeah, they are. Uh, their defense is, you know, doing the thing that defenses have to do, which is the overachieving, um, like, you know, it, uh, a lot of when you look at the best defenses in the NFL, like year by year, there's a lot of teams that they have like one year. Like it's not like a dynasty of defenses. Like the Legion of Boom, you know, being elite for three or four years was an anomaly. Typically, the Bills, what they're doing right now is kind of an anomaly compared to you know uh, what a lot of teams do. And it seems like the Cowboys just have a lot of guys that are stepping up right now and. You know, when when you're able to still go win games without you know Dak Prescott, that's that's a sign that something's right. You know, something's going well. Um, so so definitely uh, you know an exciting time for Cowboys fans. And and what I will say too is they kind of have an injury that they have to watch out for because Trayvon Diggs is potentially out for the season as well, or potentially out for like six weeks or something. That's right. Um, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, he got he got hurt last night. So uh, or yesterday. Um, so, so we will see, but, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely a huge, huge part of why that defense has been successful at, you know, forcing turnovers and whatnot. And, and, um, it's, uh, you know, it's a bad, that's a really harsh loss, but it's also not one that's, it's not like Derrick Henry where it's like, oh, well, shit, there goes kind of our whole deal. Yeah, Um, exactly. but it's definitely it's definitely a loss, and I do think that you know it'll it will play a factor in the trade deadline coming up. I feel like if they know for sure that Trayvon's out, that they'll go and try and get a corner potentially two um, before the trade deadline. Because yeah, I mean they're in win now. You know, I mean it's kind of a oh wait we're you know we're now what six and one seven and one. I mean you kind of have to think all right we need to go cap like we can't yeah we can't i mean the, the the super bowl is very i mean you're the division winner for sure and then yeah the, the super bowl is definitely on your mind so there there's no reason to not be aggressive at that trade deadline it sucks for trayvon man because that was god that was an mvp like he might have pulled off the mvp from a defensive player you know like it was a long shot but if anybody was gonna have a chance to do it the way he was playing man that sucks you know it's uh it was uh just a, a tough injury that I actually kind of forgot about till you brought it up, but that's obviously kind of heartbreaking for Dallas fans out there. But again, though, like you said, you find ways to win and credit Mike McCarthy. I know the guy has a lot of haters out there. I'm I'm not particularly like too high on Mike McCarthy, but I will say he's getting the fucking job done, and you know it's coaching it's coaching a winning team, in the NFL, and he might start changing the minds of a lot of uh, a lot of football fans out there. Um. Yeah, I, I I think I think so as well. I mean, McCarthy's always been a decent coach. I don't think it's just his decision making that really baffles people. Which you know, I guess you need to have good decision making as an NFL head coach. But 
you know, I mean, I, I feel like his his teams are always prepped and like and 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 solid. Just yeah, in close games, they're they're not always the best. And sure enough, they they played a close game last night with Cooper Rush as their quarterback, and they won. Uh, you know, a lot of Cooper Rush deserves a lot of the credit there, but but you know, another another week where. You know, uh, McCarthy and the Cowboys get it done despite not everything going in their favor, um, and and that's uh, that's that's that's. I mean, you know, you want to win every game beautifully where you didn't make mistakes and you win by twenty and whatever, but that's not how the NFL works, and it's all about grinding out W's. And right now, the Cowboys are doing it. So, uh, we, you know, we'll see if they fall off the map in the second half of the season. You know, it'd be very Cowboys for that to happen. Um, but I think we're now at a point where you kind of, yeah, they, they ought to walk to the NFC East. And, you know, I mean, you kind of have to wonder if they're, you know, because of their ease of schedule with playing in the NFC East, you know, are they going to, you know, probably have the fast track to the bye? Um, I mean, right now, that's not out of the realm of possibility. No, not in the slightest. Not in the slightest at all. So uh, that was our that's our recap, obviously, tonight. Monday Night Football, the Giants at Kansas City. Uh, Evan, real quick, we'll talk about our record. So if can't we both have Kansas City winning, so it would positively affect our record. Obviously, it would go against us both if they lose. Uh, you came in, so you're nine and five heading into the Monday Night Football game. Possibly ten and five, correct, with a win from correct. Kansas City. And I am eight and six. Would be nine and six with a win there. So Evan has already locked up the week. And he will increase his lead on me in the overall. So all the Evan stands out there. Congratulations! Thanks for betting with him because you're a little bit richer than than my stands are out there. Um, all right, college football. We'll wrap this up. Put a little ribbon on the show, like I said. A couple games to talk about, Evan. I guess first, let's start with. Uh, you want to talk Michigan, Michigan State. Because Michigan uh, went back to doing Michigan shit, and that's playing Michigan football, blowing a fucking three-score lead. Everybody couldn't shut the fuck up. I swear to God, man. Like, everybody <laughs> just couldn't close their mouths for, like, two seconds. Because I swear, all that morning coming up to that game, all I saw on, like, uh, and, and, and Friday beforehand, it was all these, like, national media articles about, like, John Harbaugh is making Michigan fun again, and Jordan Harbaugh and and like I the entire time I was just thinking, man, like I because I don't really have a stake in that game. I don't I didn't really care who won, whatever. But the entire time I was like, man, we're you know really getting on the Harbaugh train before they've even played this game. Like we're really getting on this train pretty hard. Like before they played this game, and when they haven't really had a signature win this season. Um, and then sure enough, they go and blow a pretty big lead uh, to Michigan State, which, you know, Michigan State deserves a bunch of credit, too. It's not just Michigan losing this game, but, man, it's kind of Michigan losing this game. I mean, that yeah, you're, is just... Because you're, cause you're, you're on the road. You're thinking there's a big marquee win. There's a little bit of... There, there's not that much shakeup with Oklahoma and Ohio State, Cincy and Georgia all getting wins. So you're probably not getting yourself into the, the top four. Uh, you know, with, with the college football rankings looming, dropping on Tuesday, but you are keeping yourself, you know, right there on the cusp. But hey, if one of those top dogs loses, now you know we'll, we'll slide in and we'll, you know, we'll be college playoff eligible, which is obviously you know monstrous for Michigan when you still have Ohio State on your roster. It, and I don't know if this necessarily drops them out at this point, but it definitely makes that road harder, and it definitely now gives that opening to Michigan State over Michigan and. 
I didn't have a rooting interest either, but I will say I wanted Michigan a little bit more just because I wanted to see, you know, uh, the the Harbaugh factor. I wanted to see Michigan try to try to do something good. But y- you know, you brought it up, and I think it's a very very good point. You know, you yeah, everybody got their hopes up for Michigan. You know, you, you you talked about them too much. You raised their expectations too much, and you the college football world popped their own bubble on Michigan. And we saw that result on, on Saturday against Michigan State. So I don't think anybody but Michigan fans and the national media have anybody to blame but themselves on that one. I agree with your take there. Um, it just overall tough loss for Michigan because, like I said, I don't I don't know, Evan. I don't know if they're completely out of the college football race, but they're definitely going to need a lot of a lot of help, and they're definitely going to need to go beat Ohio State. I mean, one one hundred that was already a given, but they're definitely going to need to do that and a whole lot more to get themselves back in that national championship conversation. Yeah, I think I think you're right that they're not completely out of it, but yeah, they need help. I mean, it's not in their hands, so it's it's one of those things where. I yeah, they're technically not out of it, but they might as well be to me. I mean, they I I I would be I I you know I I would consider Michigan making the the college football playoff at this point a complete shock if it does happen. So uh and you know meanwhile it's it's Michigan State's chance. It's you know as as much as we're dunking on Michigan, it's like okay Michigan State you win win this game that you know obviously was huge if you wanted to continue being real and yep. Unde- I mean undefeated with uh an away game with Mer- uh with Purdue up on deck then home against Maryland then you guys that they go on the road to play Ohio State uh and then they finish with uh, a home game against Penn State so definitely you know two games coming up here where you need to be 10 and 0 and then you know you're going up against uh, you know Ohio State, Penn State to cap off your season. And the new rankings have the Sparties are fifth, you know, so they're right there. They're they're on that cusp. The, I'm very excited for Michigan State to beat Ohio State on the road in like a crazy game, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, Michigan State!" And then yeah, and then they blow it to Penn State. Penn State, yeah, absolutely. Ah uh, uh, yeah, fuck, I don't that stuff. yeah that would be some dog shit. That'd be some dog water. That I mean that's real, very real possibility. That oh, that yeah. would be very Michigan or just, State or losing in the Big Ten championship. You know, I mean just just doing it that way. Uh, Either way, you know, if Michigan State is the team the Big Ten sends to the playoff, I mean, it's going to be ugly. Um, I mean, Ohio State, I feel like, is the only team right now that, you know, because of C.J. Stroud that, you know, Big Ten-wise could put up a fight against a Georgia or, yeah. or, or you know, somebody like that. But really, I mean, it, it's, you know, Georgia, you know, kind of transitioning to some SEC talk. Georgia curbs on Florida. I mean, it kind of just feels like it's like Georgia's national championship to lose at this point. Yeah, one hundred percent. The way it's way it's going. I mean, I don't feel like there's anybody in the country that looks like it's on it's on the level with the Bulldogs right now. Um, and you know, I, I mean, I I hate to diss Cincinnati like that, but I mean, no, I mean, even Cincinnati at two doesn't look. Look like I mean you no I I don't I don't I don't think you're dissing them at all I mean it, you know it, it's any like it's any given Sunday in the NFL it'll be any given Saturday in college football you know if if that's the national championship matchup we get but yeah I mean the Georgia Bulldogs are the clear and above number one they are playing the best lights out football in the by far best conference in all of college football so yeah I don't I don't I don't think that's a crazy statement in the least bit. 
I like uh, I like the fact that we are uh, we are sitting here with Auburn and Ole Miss kind of on this on this docket as well, and uh, this is a game where again you know Lane Kiffin being the villain that he is comes in kind of a sad sad uh, sad beat for the Ole Miss Rebels on the road, but credit to Bo Nix and Auburn getting it done thirty one to twenty. This kind of sets up something really interesting, Evan, that you talked about before the show. Does Auburn present the biggest challenge to Alabama in this SEC title game eventually coming up? If if this is the matchup that we get, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it absolutely does. I mean, I don't really at this point that it, it pretty much mathematically is the only thing left between the only two teams left in the SEC West. Um, you know, A and Yeah, actually, let me let me just correct myself here. SEC West to go and play Georgia in the SEC title game. So I just right. want to make that quick correction. No problem. But uh, it's I mean, Ole Miss had the one loss to Alabama, and you know, with with Alabama losing to A and M, you know, it was they were going to be kind of rooting for Auburn to beat us, but they needed to beat Auburn, and they didn't. So now Alabama and Auburn are the only one loss teams in the SEC West. Uh, Ole Miss and A and M all have two. Um, if Auburn somehow, you know, the Auburn still has a challenge against A and M. It's interesting. I mean, if if Auburn loses to Texas A and M and then Auburn beats Alabama, I'm not quite sure who goes, but I believe that would put A and M and Auburn and Alabama all at two SEC losses, which would be you know insane. Uh, but really, it's shaping up. More than likely, we're going to have to get an Iron Bowl with the winner winner going to uh, to the to the SEC championship game. I mean, no matter what, that that Iron Bowl is basically going to decide, you know, kind of the SEC West. Uh, even if even if it's like Auburn's not even technically, you know, in the running, they they you know they'll still try and send someone over Alabama, of course. So. It's it's uh it's going to be a nasty one in Jordan Hare at the end of the season. It's not something Alabama fans really look forward to, um, because Auburn magic playing on the road is never fun at Auburn. Um, and uh, and yeah, man, I mean it is, it is getting dicey. I mean it wasn't even a weekend that Alabama played, but I can guarantee you that that Ole Miss Auburn game probably had millions of Alabama fans tuning in. Because people were trying to figure out, okay, you know, or, or you know, is Auburn actually going to be that much of a problem in the last week of the season? And the answer is yes, they are. Um, and and that's just, uh, uh, you know, it's it's of course they are. Of course, Auburn. Yeah, going right. To be, well, of know, and, and, last... and of course it's gonna mean it's gonna mean a whole lot when that when the Iron Bowl happens uh, uh, November twenty seventh. You know, that's just that's that's vintage as a. <clears throat> As an LSU fan, I love that scenario because the image of Chris Davis just always coming to my mind when there's something on the line for Auburn, Alabama. That's what obviously the result that I'm hoping. Uh, I, I, I still I don't know Evan, but because this is the other thing too. I think that Alabama, you know, they 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 have a tough you know tough loss to A and M there, but. I, I very I very much love Alabama coming out of the West still. Like I, I still think yeah. 
it's your guys' to lose, and I, I really think at the end of the day, I think that was probably the best wake-up call for you guys, because look, you're still sitting there, you're still sitting there third with an opportunity to, you know, go and, and probably, you know, if the season ends today, and it projects the way we think it will, you guys will go and play Cincinnati, a team that you very much can can beat, you know, they're, they're a team that doesn't play in a, a traditional Power Five, so... Uh, I, I, I like Alabama still there, but I can understand why, you know, you guys are kind of, uh, l- l- you know, getting on uh, sweaty palms. I'll call them sweaty palms right now. I don't want to say nervous, nervous, but I'll call it sweaty palms, nervous kind of feeling when it comes to that Auburn game at the end of the year. No, it's definitely, I mean, it is, mo- there, there is no question that it is Alabama's to lose, but at the same time, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's nerve wracking shit. I mean, you... When you play Auburn as an Alabama fan, you want that you you at least want to have your path to the SEC championship locked up. Like, you know, you really it really sucks when you have to play Auburn with like something on the line for both teams. That oh man, I I can't stand those years and they're kind of few and far between. But when you know they happen more so than probably any other college football rivalry, and that's just because you know those two, you know Alabama and Auburn are you know powerhouses, but. Um, man, it's uh, it's it's just another testament to why it's the greatest rivalry in college football. I mean, it's 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 head and shoulders above everything else because it seems like you know this is destiny what we're about to get at the end of the season and and you know I mean Alabama's still got some hurdles to get over too. I mean they got to play Arkansas, they got to play LSU. I mean you know it's it's not you know there yet. So so go take care of business before you get there, but. But yeah, if you talk to Alabama fans, not Nick Saban, not the team, they're focused week by week. But if you talk to Alabama fans, I'm pretty sure the only thing, you know, the number one thing on everyone's mind is, you know, that that trip to Jordan Hare uh, in in a few weeks. Uh, no one is no one is especially stoked about that. I don't think. No, not no, I can't can't imagine in the slightest they are. Uh, Evan, I think that just about wraps it up. That's our time. We got some things to do. So, but thank everybody for tuning in today. Um, busy guys. Yeah, we it's a busy life. Football press conference Monday, as we call it. Uh, Evan, give them a just give a quick social media shout out. Where can the people go find us uh, on the social media universe? Down in out uh, podcast on Twitter. That's down, capital N, out, podcast on Twitter. We tweet out episode links, occasionally other fun stuff. Uh, tweet at us on there, and we'll tweet even more fun stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, also uh, go go give us uh, a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple yep. Music or Stitcher or wherever you are, uh, wherever, however you're listening to this, on your coconut telephone, um, etch a five-star into that and... Uh, and you know show some support because it really helps us you know if there's you know new listeners potential listeners that come in and they see five stars they go oh people like this um and uh that's what we want so do both of those things for us please thank you yeah absolutely and be sure to go uh, like and support our, our homeboys jd masters and buddha man in the mirrors our intro outro music jd's on the beat uh, Buddha's on the on the lyrics. Go show them some love on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream our podcast, you can find them as well. Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Like Evan said, five star ratings. Go download and spread the word because Down and Out is a revolution, and you can get in on the ground floor, folks. When we take over the podcast world, uh, Evan, I think that's just about wraps it up. Any parting words to give to the people? Uh, no, 
just uh, go Braves. That's all. Yep, go Braves, baby. Hey, it's been fun. It's been real, folks. And until next time, it's been down and out. Or maybe the energy. Later. Sitting in the corner in the dark like Riddick with the notepad out thinking about lyrics. I ignored your story because I didn't want to hear it. Bitch, did you ever really catch a switch where I went from rock to pool to cop a vibe like a fish? Assist like white chocolate handing out a dish. If the devil shows up, then my soul he just wish. I might accept the offer because I want to grind like cause and give the trophies to my mama. Make him sweat like a sauna because act like I can't. Then I'm going to spit like a llama. Take your girlfriend out and give a Balenciaga. So check me out, fill me up and watch me bounce. Cause the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse. Switch places, change faces, now Buddha runs a house. Trust hip hop more than bitches, so I'ma take her as a spouse. Or at least a concubine. If in front of my God feel divine, I'ma grab it like a shield and I'ma make it shine. Cause when I'm polished, I'll abolish if you cross the line. That's how I am feeling. Keep growing like a giant, go through the ceiling. It's a powwow besides find a man, paint your face, cause you a damn clown. Look around, only one that is, and I'm a wagon now. The name is Buddha, bitch. Damn, JD. Uh, look around, only one that is, and I'm a wagon now.